Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He's experienced about as much pain and suffering as anyone I've encountered, give or take. And he still has hell to look forward to. Getting It Out podcast. That was Catch a Break by Hand to God. They're a Pennsylvania hardcore band. They've only got a demo out, and that's the second song I've played for you here on this podcast. I think it was last year I played you Greed from their three-song demo that was on the Justice Trip Trapped Under Ice episode. I think I did that in November, so I'm saying this is from 2022, but still fresh in 2023. 
And this song, Catch a Break, that I just played is actually the one that I prefer out of the three that they put out. So happy to share it with you now. Why would I be playing it now? Because they're a Pennsylvania hardcore band because they're all people that I like and uh, they are playing some shows. So that's relevant. Also relevant because they are a Pennsylvania hardcore band. And today on this episode of the podcast, we are talking to the Pennsylvania hardcore band. It's Carl, the front man from Strength for a Reason. And we had a nice long chat about all sorts of things, but mostly Strength for a Reason things. And don't worry, I edited out any Sixers conversation because we know that they blow and there's nothing to talk about with them. Anyway, before we get into all that, how about some hot sun? I said I edited out any Sixers conversation between Carl and I, and that's true. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to talk about it. I'm staring Joel Embiid bobblehead right in the eye as I speak right now, so I can't avoid the subject. Man, what a disappointment. What a disappointing, a disappointing season. You can say overall a disappointing season because they did exactly what we thought they would do. They lost in the second round of the playoffs to the fucking Boston Celtics again. Again, they had the thing gift wrapped. They did their job. They could have ended it in game six. I had zero confidence that they would handle it in game seven at Boston. And that was true. Uh, man, even the first half looked good. It was a three point game. It looked fine. It looked great, actually, all things considered. And then it was just a bombing. It was awful. Awful, embarrassing. I was watching it on delay. I waited all day to watch this thing, to put my phone on total silence. Wouldn't allow any notifications to come in for hours, literally hours. Drove to Philadelphia and back, put the game on, watched that first half, was pretty thrilled. And then, like I said, the the Celtics just tore them apart, tore them apart. I hate the Celtics. Sorry, I got something there in my throat. I can't even say the name without it bringing up some fire. I hate the Celtics. I hate them on uh, Dallas Cowboys level, right? So uh, so there's that. So now we're left with Celtics, the, uh, the Heat, the Lakers, and the Nuggets. Now, who do I think is going to win this thing? Who's the most likely team? to win the NBA Finals. Now it's obviously the Celtics, and I think there's a reason that they're the favorite. I assume that they are. Nuggets are probably second, maybe the Lakers third, Heat fourth. Not looking at anything. I don't look. I don't really care either. But my thoughts are, I'm going to go for Jimmy Butler. Uh, That's going to be my first option, is go Jimmy Butler. Uh, Get your championship. That would be incredible. I don't think that's, I don't think there's any way they can beat Boston, but that would be awesome. Um, And that's not just about beating Boston. That's just about Jimmy getting what's his. Uh, second choice would be LeBron. I always want to see LeBron win. So um, Lakers could win. I'd be fine with that. I don't have Laker hate like uh, a lot of people do. Uh, they never really bother me. They were always irrelevant when I was watching basketball. So uh, yeah, that's the 90s. So when I was watching basketball in the 90s, early to mid 90s, they were they were nothing. 
yeah, no, don't, 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 don't fact check me here. I know, I know what I'm saying. And then there's, uh, who would be the Nuggets? I guess it had to be the Nuggets. I don't, this thing I have against the Nuggets, it's not real. It's just because, uh, people make it against, uh, I mean, people make it a, a Jokic and Bede argument. I don't think it needs to be, uh, but for that reason alone, I don't want them to win, but also Nuggets is a franchise I got no issues with. I do think it'd be cool for a team that's number one before to win one. You know, a little, a little, uh, Novitski Dallas Mavericks type of thing here. Get, let, let them get it and then, you know, push them back. Whatever, you know, it'd be appropriate for Jokic to get one and that'd be fine. I, I could live with, I could live with the Nuggets. What I can't live with is what's going to happen. The Celtics are going to walk through this thing for the rest of the way. They're going to walk through it. Unfortunately, they don't have to meet Milwaukee right now. And uh, they got Miami and then they'll probably have Denver. And I don't, I don't see Denver being able to contend with them. But back to the team I care about, the Sixers. There's no way you don't consider this a monumental failure of a season. You got to fire Doc. Uh, there's lots of good coaches out there. Uh, Budenholzer's around. Maybe grab him. Monty Williams. That's one I like. That's the one I got my eye on there. Uh, you have to let James Harden walk. Don't resign this fucking guy. He didn't show up again. And listen, I love Joel Embiid. He's the reason I fell back in love with watching basketball again. And he sucks. Not. I don't mean... <laughs> Let me take that statement back. He doesn't suck, obviously. He doesn't suck. He's great. Great to watch. But he's not good in uh, these clutch games in the playoffs. 15 points. That's it. He did not have a good playoffs again. Uh, it's it's more than a theme or more than a, uh, a fluke at this point. It's happened for several seasons. So how do we defend this one? I don't know. Clearly can't win in a game seven. We've seen that a couple times now. Uh, well, how is that any different from Harden and Doc? You know, of course, I'm not saying get rid of Embiid, but I don't know how much longer that guy's going to want to stick around. And if you can get the fucking world for him right now as the reigning MVP, then just do it. All right. I know this is a little panic mode day after they lost. So let's ignore me. Let's ignore me. And uh, let's get to what happened on this actual episode of the podcast. You don't like basketball anyway. I know that. In just a few seconds, I'm going to play you a conversation I had with my friend Carl. He sings for the band Strength for a Reason. They are a hardcore band in Pennsylvania that has been around since 1997. That's older than you. It's a guess, but it's likely. It's possible. Maybe not true, though. Anyway, Carl and I have known each other for, let's just say, 20 years. I don't know if that's exactly the case, but I've been seeing his band for that long. I talk about it here a little bit, but my friend Scott, who I've got a picture of right here, in front of me on my desk. He booked the first Strength for Reason show that I went to. It was at First Capital Skate Park, Strength for Reason, Looking Forward, Fate Ends Now, Burn the End, and the Dead 50s, for some reason, were on that show as well. He, he always said they made him put him on that show. Not him, the, uh, the skate park, whatever. I don't know. And uh, I've been a fan ever since. I literally still have the t-shirt I bought. I definitely still have the CDs. And uh, we talk a little bit about that. But Carl's always been one of the nicest guys in hardcore, not just Pennsylvania hardcore. Anybody that knows him will agree with me. And you'll hear that here in this conversation with him. It was a pleasure to finally sit down and have a chat with him. I've asked him to do this for years. And we were finally able to make our schedules work. Maybe we were riding high on the game five win. But uh, whatever, we got through it and uh, I'm happy to have this and share this with you now. As usual, 
I'm going to play you a song from Strength for a Reason before we get started. This one is the hit, baby. You know it. I know it. It's called Brotherhood. Brotherhood is a brotherhood. Sacred. Fucking blood oath to the father. You don't fuck with brotherhood. strength for a reason you know for for obvious reasons for me at least uh one of my favorite bands uh always not even just of of hardcore uh been a big fan for a long time it's over 20 years of going to your shows listening to your music that's a lot man that's a long time (laughs) we're we're we're, but we're we're friends that's easy when you're friends with people i said it's nice when you like the band and it's nice when you like the people and when you get a double you know you get the double the bang for the two two for two for a dollar sweet you know what i mean (laughs) 
<laughs> and then it sucks sometimes when you meet your heroes. Your, your, I call them your heroes when you really love a band and you meet the dudes and you're like, oh, dude, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really that's, care for these guys. You know that's I mean? happened to me. <laughs> that's happened to me for sure. I've, I've met guys and I'm like, oh, fuck these guys. Exactly. Sadly, it's happened to me too. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, just like you personally and how you got involved in all of this and where your interest, not just in hardcore music began, but just music in general. And like to, to start with that, I'm just curious when you found yourself getting interested in music and what your first favorite band was. My first favorite band overall, probably, or yeah. Yeah. Before, before hardcore trying to go back to, hmm, that's good. Believe it or not, probably when I found, I would say probably my my brother listened to Metallica, probably yeah. like the first thing. So I, I would probably say Ozzy first, definitely Ozzy. My brother was a little bit of a of a of a you know rocker. He listened to, and then I heard Ride the Lightning, and I was like, wow, this is cool. But I would say probably Ozzy, Diary of a Madman was like the thing that sent me over into probably liking rock. Yeah, you know what I mean. But at first, it was more or less. I probably I listened to a lot of gangster rap growing up, though. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, you know what I mean. Like that, was, that was like the thing that was like, you know, what I mean, kept me rolling through through years. But I mean, back in black by ACDC when I was a kid too, you know, on an A track, it was just stuff that was in the house. But it was like I was always interested in like real bands. I always liked bands. But it all started with my dad actually, like the fifties and. Uh, 60s music actually like more like doo-wop and stuff like that i would say my dad was a huge huge music fan he liked mm-hmm. you know you know everybody always says elvis and stuff but he liked he liked so many of the 50s bands and we just always listen to music that's what we did there was probably more music going on in the house than ever like if we were in a room music was on it was not really a tv it was always music you know what i mean so i think i just like singing along with him being you know as far as a little kid but my brother being five years older to me than me, he found, you know, he found like, uh, you know, he was listening to some rock, you know, and then that was pretty much what started me off with that, you know? And then I, then I pretty much went to hair bands for a while. You know how that went, that, that error. Now you're talking in the eighties. Yeah, man. And I'm wearing a Def Leppard shirt right now. That's great. That's what I said. But I said the eighties was eighties rock was big for me, but like even with my aunt, she had a bar when we were younger. And there was always music playing. The jukebox was like the the guy would come for the jukebox and he would put music on. You know what I mean? And we'd get fifty free credits and we'd play song records till we'd play pool and play records till we went to sleep. You know what I mean? We were <laughs> we we hated the days when the bar was open. We loved like Sundays, you know, because everything was closed. You grew up in what I would consider northern Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, it's north. Actually, called northeast Pennsylvania. A lot of people northeast. say Nipa or yeah. That's funny. I always yeah. said Nepa. I, I I didn't know there was. I didn't Nepa. know it was a. I didn't know it was Nepa. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we always say. Northeast, so Nepa, Nepa. Yeah. You know, just matters matters what side. You know, we're we were the, at one time the seven one seven two, and then we got moved to the five seven zero. That's right. That's funny. We we uh, at one point we did share an area code, and uh, yeah. now seven one seven has been split down here too. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 getting smaller actually. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but so all right, so so up in that area, 
growing up, you, you mentioned that like there's a lot of music in your house, which is very cool. And I feel like that's kind of whether my kids like it or not, that's what happens here in our house. I'm always putting on records and I try to keep it like stuff that won't be offensive to them. Like they don't like heavy stuff. So it's not going to be heavy. It's just going to be mellow or rock music or whatever, you know? And uh, I just like having stuff going. And I I like when they, my kids are just interested in music. I don't care what it is. I just like that. They have these interests and it's that to me, that's very cool. And they'll develop their own thing when I don't want to influence at all. Like, you know, heavy handedly, however it happens, it happens. No, if they're listening to music, it's good. You know what I mean? And and I just like hope that bands never die because it seems right. like, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, it's nice when you see a band come out, like it's a lot of music's just, you know, either, you know, no hip hop. It's not really people that started a band didn't mm-hmm. go in a garage and actually play together, you know, and, and actually become friends through bands. It's like, for us, it's such a different time. You know what I mean? I would say probably 85% of my life was always about music or going to music or listening to music. And it was just, it's just a different time now, you know, a lot of it's just radio play. It's nice mm-hmm. to hear people just still throw on music for their family and their kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, tell me about that discovering that music, live music, going to shows, rock music, garage, whatever you want to call it in NEPA in yep. Northeastern Pennsylvania. Like, what was that like? Because in, in my mind, and you certainly correct me if I'm wrong, I always thought of that area as, uh, as, as just like coming from where I, you know, where I grew up, your, uh, up, yeah, yeah, I would of think of, I would think of that area where you guys lived as like way more desolate than it actually is. To me, it was just like woods and mountains, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what a lot of people always say. Oh, it's all mountains and stuff up there, but it's, we had like, we call it a, again, Northeast Pennsylvania is like Wilkes-Barre, Nanny Coke, Scranton. Like it's all these, and and Wilkes-Barre and Scranton are more like the cities, like where we live, it's a little more of a rural area. So we could drive like eight minutes to Wilkes-Barre or we could drive 25 minutes to Scranton. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But for us, we were lucky enough that in Nanny Coke, when we were growing up, like people started putting on shows when we were like very young age at a, a bowl called uh, LS Skaterama. And there was bands playing and, you know, at the time it was just something in our town that was something going on, but we didn't know it at the time. But uh, the first bands that I seen there was like uh, the undead Bucky yeah. pup. Like they were pretty much like punk and, you know, punk and bands already at like in 91, 92, you know what I mean? Like, I really didn't know what I was seeing. I was just going because my friends were going, but then we had older friends and stuff that were already listening to like heavier music. So like the first band I really, really liked, and I know like a lot of it now is, but I liked Pantera. The first band that I really seen that I was going to see was like on big stage was like Pantera. Like they played at our armory and it was like, you know, I would say 93, and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. This is like, and then everything they had, that's when Vulgar Display of Power first came out. And it was, you know, that was like, it took over my life, it felt like. But then, so then we, started, we started going to, uh, to, like, we started finding out there was local, like, people would hand out flyers back then. And they would say, oh, there's a show at this uh, firehouse in uh, Edwardsville. And we would go, and there was all, like, local bands. You know what I mean? And that's when like, even like Nirvana was popping off. Like that's when Nirvana was supposed to go. 
and I remember on TV and I remember seeing like a band did like a Nirvana cover. And it was like the first time I was like connected to them. I'm like, Oh man, I remember seeing that on MTV. And then the grand scheme of it, it all came down to it. We found CCs in music. Mm-hmm. And when we found CCs, it was like a whole different level. Like that's where we met the guys in crutch, much mouth out to win. I mean, uh, the first band that really, for me, seen it, I seen Warzone, uh, Madball, like these bands firstly, because like I said, at the time I was listening to a lot of gangster rap. Yeah. And it was the first band that, that felt like when they were singing, they kind of were like talking to me. And then once I heard Biohazard, Biohazard played, that was it for me. All I wanted to do was listen to Biohazard, Life of Agony, and Madball. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> wow, this is, this is, you know, I mean, I remember talking to, you know, Rabies from Warzone. And he treated us like we were little kids back then. And he came up to us and he was like, oh, you know, how are you guys doing? He treated you like something. And then seeing him go on stage and sing. And then he got out in the crowd and was letting people sing along. And I was just like, wow, that is amazing. I just seen Pantera there on this huge stage. Felt like they were a block away from me and I was in the back. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And now I'm with this guy and he's in the middle of the crowd singing along. You know, people are all gathered around him. And I remember getting a demo tape and I remember going home and studying it. And like probably a month later they played again and I knew every word. And I'm just like, one day I'm going to play in a band and I'll be like that guy. You know what I mean? Like I truly remember thinking it in my mind. Like, you know what I mean? That's what I like. People always say what, what it, it like, it was like, it, I don't know. It felt like it was speaking. It was the first time I felt comfortable. Like these were grown men to us. It felt like they felt like they were so much older than us even though yeah. we we're, you know, probably four or five years difference only. But it was just like, wow, these guys are like, they're speaking to me. You know, it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool to hear. And really uh, funny for a couple of reasons. But one thing I wanted to bring up is I was talking to uh, Sean O'Donnell, who does Youngblood Records here in Lancaster and has for years. And uh, interestingly, he said like his first hardcore punk show was undead as well. So I'm wondering if it was the same tour. Yeah, but yeah, it might have but, been. Probably but also, ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, he said something like that. Yeah, around then. Um, yeah. yeah also, crazy. just totally off topic. Well, not off topic. It's on topic. You mentioned Pantera. I almost bought Pantera tickets today. They're selling for twenty five bucks for Hershey Park this summer. By the way, good to know. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm probably gonna go. Some people are, you know, with some of the stuff behind there. But I mean, I just. To me, it just, I go to the show because I like the music and it brings me back to my childhood. Like I can right. sing every word. It's just, I know, you know, it's not, it's not the same as I've seen. Of course, you know, people always have that negative, but to me, music brings me to a place in time. It's not always even about that show. It's just bringing you back to something that you enjoyed when you were younger and that I could throw on today and be like, this is awesome. You know, for sure. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about was the, the, it sounds like you're saying Warzone rabies in particular was kind of like that moment where Arco really clicked and was like, this is, this is my thing. And I always credit, uh, two, two shows in particular for me for that. And that's, uh, one that I talked about recently with with a lot of young blood records band played here in New York. And the other one is actually a strength for reason show. It's the one it's the first time I ever saw you guys. It was when Scotto booked you at the first Capitol skate park in 2001 or 2002, maybe. Um, I just remember watching you play on the floor, picking up a t-shirt. I still have in the closet, uh, the show and prove <laughs> CD, the step to the plate comp. 
and just being on and being like, this is it, man. This is my stuff. This is my shit. And, uh, you know, like, so I always tell people like I was going to shows before then, but it was only like after a few and seeing certain things, certain bands were, cause you know, you got to try it out first, see if it's your, actually your thing. Well, yeah. First, at first, at first I didn't know if I liked it or hated it. Yeah. Like I didn't have good experiences the first couple times I was there. There was like a big skinhead presence when I was first there. You know what I mean? And for me, I was, I had a, I think I had an Eagles shirt on with all like, you know, with all black guys on it. And I remember yeah. people like harassing me about it a little bit. You know what I mean? And I, I was young. I didn't even understand kind of, you know, but it wasn't the best experience, but I liked it enough that I went back because not, I knew not everybody was like that. It's always, you know, there's always closed minded people everywhere you go. But at that time it was a little more, you know, now we'd kick them out of the scene. That's what I said, because you knew that they didn't want them there either. But of course they were, they were, they were more existent back then or just right, braver. Right. I don't know what it was. But I said, I went back and like I said, and then I ended up enjoying it. Like it was just, it was just, I, I, I thank my, the heavens every day that I went back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm glad my friends liked it. You know what I mean? Enough that, you know, we kind of went back and it was like, then it was like every day, every, an everyday thing it felt like. That's all we cared about is like, well, let's find out when the next show is. Let's drive here and look for, for flyers for the next band. We didn't even know what we were going to go see. It was just, you know, sometimes you'd go and it'd be a death metal show or sometimes you'd go. And I remember back then it was a band called new school and they had like the first band that I seen, like with a DJ they're from uh, New York (laughs) and they like mixed it with some like rap and stuff. And I'm like, this is great. You know what I mean? It was like, you're just learning, you know, but the guys were, but it seemed like everybody was so like appreciative that people came out to the shows. And I always Mm -hmm. said, that's how I always wanted to be. I'm like, to this day, I'm like, yo, like, these people could be doing anything, even as we get older, especially you could be out doing anything and you still chose to support a band. You know what I mean? Like that's to me, that's, that's the best friend you could have. You know what I mean? They took time out of their day to come support you. Even if they stood there or whatever, it's, they still did it. You know what I mean? For sure. That's what I always say now is that the the time, I mean, it's something, you know, I guess you just learn as you get older, but time is the biggest currency. The fact that someone's willing to take their time to spend it on something you are doing or, you know, or to give you the chance to, you know, occupy their time is, is just a great compliment. And even if it's just people listening to us have a conversation on here, like who, you know, they could do whatever the fuck else they want to do with their time. And they're choosing to res- you know show respect privately, whatever, to, by themselves to listen to, you know, other people to watch strength, a strength for reason show. So, you know, it's just like things like that, that I think you don't appreciate until you're older, but it's, it's real. You said his name, but just like I said, I, every time I think of you, I think of Scotto, you know what I mean? There's like just certain people that like, cause we knew if we were going to Baltimore or we were going to York or we were going to Harrisburg, we knew you were going to be there. Like there was just certain people, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? That you're just like, the reason you went there is pretty much to see your friends because where else were you going to drive three hours to see somebody, you know, like just to <laughs> hang out in the parking lot half the time to go in a show. So, you know what I mean? People say, Oh, how long does your band play? And you'd be like, yeah, about 20 minutes. You know what I mean? At the time, especially when you first play. And they're like, really? You drove four hours to play for 20 minutes. And we're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> it's not, it wasn't even about us playing. Mostly it was about going to see our friends and hang out. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. That's why I always say so many shows that I spent standing in the parking lot, like you said, uh, you know, where just bullshitting for hours longer than the show actually was, you know, but it's was, it was time well spent, I think. Exactly. Like I said, that's how, that's how we know each other. You know what I mean? It's like, 
I remember staying at your house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, there was just this great time. How many people opened their doors to bands at their parents' house? Like, it's just, it was just a different time. I remember doing it just like people you barely know. Just, hey, we're bringing these people over. We're going to stay at our place. You know what I mean? And just your friends, your friends for, you know, or feels like you're there for two days, you know, <laughs> just such a good time. That's right. I remember us all, or at least you guys swimming in the pool or breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a great, uh, great memory, man. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's awesome. The, uh, well, let's, let's go a little bit backwards for people who don't know. You mentioned before, like meeting the out to win or Mushmouth guys. And, uh, I know that that was eventually most of what started as strength for reason. Tell me about the band and when, when you started the strength for reason. Um, it was, uh, 1996. I mean, we were going to see, and it was a uh, mush mouth at the time. I remember like going to see him. They went through a couple singers, like at first. And, uh, you know, and I remember that that's when they first were, uh, they first got Hensel coming in the band. And I remember mm-hmm. talking to Chris Mahmood, which is the guitar player. And he's like, yo, you know, we want to get another project going if you're looking to sing. And I'm like, I'm looking at me. I'm like, me? <laughs> like, you're thinking about me singing? Like, I don't know, man. I mean, I was nervous as heck. But I remember there. So, oh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna do two songs if you ever thought about it. And I'm like, and that's when he was kicking around the idea of changing the name to Out to Win still. Ooh, that, that early. Like, well, and I'm like, and he's like, he's like, well, Mushmouth was a little bit because of the, 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 the trademark on Mushmouth. I guess it was mm. something with the, with the show and everything. And they were like, you know, people, people look at it as a little bit weird, like the name. And I said, I don't know. I always thought Mushmouth was a cool name, you know, <laughs> but he, he had it in his mind already back then. He's like about out to win. I'm like, Oh, you could call it out to win. That's an awesome name. And he's like, no, no, no. Think about something. And I, I just came up we're, that night at CC's. I'm like, well, what about strength for a reason? Oh, that sounds cool. You know what I mean? And the next thing I know, we seen each other like two weeks later. And he's like, yo, we got two songs. And he gave me like a tape of them recorded and like a, from a boom box. And he said, write lyrics to this. And I remember going home and I was just, uh, just barely going out with my wife. Like we just started going out pretty much, but she knew me already. You know, we were talking and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sing in a band. And she's like, what? You're you? <laughs> like my wife went to shows as well, you know. You know, she knew what hardcore was and everything. And, you know, and she, she said, you're going to sing in a band? What do you have to sing about? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you know, I'm kind of like offended. But I was thinking in my mind the same time. I'm like, well, what am I going to sing about, you know? So I remember just, you know, him giving me them two songs and then going home and writing lyrics. And that's when I wrote Strength for a Reason. And I remember going down and they wanted that to be a song. And all I did was like say, sort of, you know, you, you know what Strength for a Reason is. Yeah. It's just pretty much me yelling strength for a reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> Saying a couple of things. <laughs> and they were like, well, that's cool. But we thought you would write a little more lyrics to that, you know? But then we wrote Never Knew, which was the second song. And they're like, oh, yeah, that has a lot of lyrics. But then that ended up being the intro, strength for a reason. And, you know, they were like, yo, we're playing with Earth Crisis. I'm like, Earth Crisis? You know, and Earth Crisis was huge back then, which is, you know, they're still big, of course. They had a, their own movement. and uh. They're like, we're going to, at the end of the set, we're going to have you jump up and sing those two songs. I was like, oh my God, I do. I remember not being able to sleep the day before when they said that. <laughs> then I went up there and I just, I just went for it. You know what I mean? And it was like, it was awesome. And then it's 
it went from there, you know, and then, like I said, they were busy with Mushmouth out to win. So eventually I wanted to start my own thing. And that's when I got Jack, the current guitar player now, Jack Sergey. And I talked to him and we had uh, Chris's, uh, Chris Nanny Coke's brother, Chris Nace's brother, Dominic on the bass. And then uh, we had a, another kid from Nanny Coke on the guitar and uh, Jotham actually from Wisdom and Chains played the drums. He was playing the drums. And then we went from there. We played, you know, probably a decent amount of shows with just that, with that lineup, but it was mostly at sea season, just local, you know? Yeah. Well, why do you think, and maybe, maybe he explained it. And why do you think that Mahmood wanted you to sing? What was it about you? Was it cause you, cause I know the Carl that I've always known big kind of imposing guy. Did that have anything to do with it? Despite your personality, you've got a large well, presence. Pro- <laughs> yeah, probably. But back then too, like we had Nanny Coke straight edge. Like we yeah. rep, we, we represented for all the bands. I mean, we still have Nanny Coke straight edge, still straight edge to this day. You know what I mean? But we represented for all, every band that came through knew we, 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 we are jackets. We danced. They knew from the start of the show till the end of the show that we were going to be, uh, you know, representing the bands, not yeah. singing along, dancing, you know, ho- helping put the show together. So he probably looked at it as like, these, this is a cool guy. And, I, and you know me, I'm a talker, as you can tell on your uh, interview here, I'll take <laughs> over the interview. <laughs> That's perfect. But I guess he's seen, he's, he's seen something in me. You know what I mean? I, I thank him all the time. We just played with a uh, fury of five's record release um, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, his new band played, Carried by six and uh, he's, you know, was standing on the stage and I thank him every time he's there because I know without him, I probably would have never sang in a band. You know what I mean? It was, it was just, it's surreal to this day that almost 26 years later and we're still doing it, you know, maybe not as often, but we still play, we still go out and do it. Yeah, but well known as the longest running and most consistent Pennsylvania hardcore band. I think that that's not arguable, right? It's just clear. It's just a fact. Well, yeah, as far as we, we, I always say, uh, if you're in hardcore, I, we, we'll never do a reunion show when, when, you know, it's harder for us now. Like we talked about earlier, like now I take the guys in the band away from their kids. Like when we go to play shows, like we don't want to be out too long because you know, everybody has kids yeah. now. It's like, you're taking time out of your kids. Tom has the young boys, five years old, Jimmy's daughter's four. His, his son's going to be six. You know, Jack's son is, you know, going to be six years old. Like this is the most important time. I mean, there's, there's soccer, there's baseball, there's, you know, dance and all that stuff. So now when we go out and play, I try to make the shows worthy of going to the show. Not like, Mm -hmm. you know, I go to a lot more shows. I don't have kids, but I make the show for them worthy of like, okay, we're going to go out and play, but we look forward to driving to the shows and stuff because we're still all best friends. You know what I mean? That's, that's our time away. We have a great time. We have as much fun driving to the show as we do at the show. You know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. the, the playing the show is just the, the icing on the cake. You know what I mean? For sure. And that, I think that speaks to the longevity of how long you've been doing this. And, and for the last, uh, I don't know, you tell me how many years you've, you've had a pretty solid lineup. Seems like a long time. Seems like at least a decade. Yeah, you've yeah. had the same crew. Oh yeah. Now, I mean, me and Jack are, you know, if you want to be technical true original members, yeah. but, uh, Tom, you know, we, we had Eddie, Eddie Bonja on the drums for a long time. I always like to give Eddie a shout out because 
Eddie oh yeah, I was going to do that. Don't worry. We were going to shout out Eddie. No problem. <laughs> he, he, he put in a lot of time with, with the band and he, he, he helped write a lot. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot of the music, you know, I wrote, you know, 99% of the lyrics. But him, Jack, you know, we put in a lot of time together, like these guys. But like I said, but now we have Jimmy. Well, Rusty's actually been the, uh, the bass player, Tom. Rusty, he's been in the band now probably going on at least 17 years. Yeah. Like I said, Jack's been in from the beginning. Now Nate is the newest member, and he's been in it. We were laughing the other day because he's been in it for 14. I always call him the young blood. He's been in the band for 14 years now, you know? No, and for I sure. He, I would consider him the new guy, too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I said Jimmy's probably been in it for 15 or 16 because he was, even when Eddie was playing, Eddie was, you know, got a new job and had like some family stuff go on. And, uh, Jimmy would play a lot of the out-of-state shows, even when Ed was in the band. We were one of the rare bands that went to Europe that took two drummers. I'm yeah, like, don't you even have like a, don't you have both drummers in a in uh, the Burden of Hope CD? Aren't you guys? Yeah. Aren't they both even in the band photo? Yeah, because that's cool. They're in the to me. They're in the band. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Eddie was still playing. Eddie wrote some of the music. Jimmy wrote some of the music. Like that, they, they they're both in the band. You know what right. I mean? Like. And especially at that time, I'm not going to like, it wasn't picking one over the other. It was just eventually Jimmy had a little more free time than Eddie did. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's great. Both I, of them I, great drummers. <laughs> well, both of them great guys too. That's, that's always been the, the oh, yeah. thing that I've appreciated so much about your band is that I've gotten along with all of you for the, all these years, you know, uh, without, you know, without fail, all of you. Um, everybody's friendly and which, and it's, it's funny because at least for a while, for a time, I was talking to, uh, Brian from death of Fort dishonor about this era where a lot of bands were classified. I don't think they do it anymore as tough guy, hardcore, quote unquote, tough guy, hardcore. And it felt like, uh, strength for reason was pushed into that category and never really made sense to me. Uh, because I mean, yeah, lyrically it, it, it always, didn't fit it always, like, tell me about that. It always drove me nuts because, it, and, and it's funny because I always call him Fast Eddie. That, that, uh, like, if you ever listen to our style, like we play straight up hardcore. Yeah. Of course, we have some beatdowns. We have fast parts, sing-alongs. Like we wrote, like we wanted to. If you everything he listened to, everything at the time, like we didn't listen to a lot of beatdown. Like the only thing I was ever, and I don't, dude, I have nothing against beatdown. I, I do. Like heavy, so don't worry. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but. uh but a lot of people would like always say, Oh yeah, string for a reason, tough guy beatdown band. And I would like, I would kind of be like, yo, like 
you listen to, to me, it was always about a message. I'm like, do you actually listen to what I'm saying? I'm not about like, I'm not about crowd killing. I'm not about, I'm about family and friends and having good times and everyday struggles of life and thinking about just making yourself a better human being. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not about, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. Somebody got in our way. We took care of business. I mean, that's what it's about. You know what I mean? That's, that's the hardcore logic too. But we were, we were never pushovers, but we were never, never guys that started trouble. Like if you ever go anywhere, everybody respected us, but they knew we weren't troublemakers. They knew like if we were going to do something, we weren't going to do nothing stupid. We're just going to hang out, have a good time. And I think that's how many we got, how we got so many shows booked all the time because people knew we're going to bring some kids out. We're going to have a good time and there's probably not going to be any trouble. And if there is, these guys are going to try to squash it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's reasons like that, not just musically, but I think it's reasons like that, that uh, you guys, you specifically yourself, but your band as a whole has been admired so fondly by uh, everybody in Pennsylvania hardcore scene specifically. And I'm sure outside of here too, but you know, as well as I do that you guys are, you know, like beholden here in Pennsylvania as like the, you know, like it, it, well, Just yeah, the, yeah the you're band. not, that's not offensive. I know we're, we're definitely bigger in Pennsylvania than probably, you know, almost anywhere else, of course, mm-hmm. because, but we put it down for Pennsylvania. Like we were always proud to be from Pennsylvania, even where we are from. Like we always had a Wilkes-Barre Scranton scene was always, Nanny Coke was always, was always great. We had Westside Park. We do shows. The first show we booked when we were younger, we were right. We booked blood for blood in Nanny Coke at like a, had a VF, little VFW hall. Like we had band, all kind of crazy bands come through because we liked music. We would write letters. We, this was before the internet. We just write a letter to a band. We'd go through the guest list and look what, you know, the thanks list and what band shirts they were wearing. That, that was our communication. And I remember truly writing letters to bands and saying, yo, when you come play our area, we really listen to you all the time. And, you know, they write back. It was like, that was like before you could text before yeah. cell phone. You know what I mean? That was like, community. but you had a bond. Like you would literally write a letter. You'd wait for the letter to come back in three days. Sometimes it would take two weeks. You know what I mean? And then that band would just come drive to your town and, you know, see you're just a bunch of 19, 20 year old kids just looking to do a show. You know, it was, it was cool. It was, it was cool. It was a cool era. I, I remember just the fun of it all. Like for me, like I speaking on seeing you guys on a Friday at uh, first capital skate park in New York, I knew you were going to be there because I must, I had big, found you online, I think first. And I remember downloading, it was, it was just like a website where you could get like a single MP3. I, I don't even remember what it was, but I remember getting ties that bind, which is always going to be my favorite strength song for that reason. <laughs> and, uh, yep. And that- and then I don't know, I guess I don't know how I got the flyer that you were playing at first capital skate park. But anyway, my point is that I would just go to that place on Fridays and there would be bands. And I don't know. I just, a lot of times I didn't know who was going to be there. I'd just go there and whatever come and correct will be playing. Cause Rick was around here at that time. Or, um, you know, it'd, it'd just be like, whatever, it'd, whatever you was, yeah. uh, E-Town would be playing uh, there on a fucking Friday sworn enemy. Like, and yeah. you know, more punk yeah, stuff, was, the boils. It was just a weird, cool time that like, uh, I don't know. I don't, nobody's ever going to get to experience that again. Exactly. And, and like I said, it was real friendships because you talked to one another. It wasn't yeah. on the phone. It wasn't on the computer. You, you spoke with these people. Like I said, I always tell the same story. I was on a, 
Warren Lepre's uh, podcast, and he was, you know, I, I said, when we used to pull up the CCs, every car that would pull in the parking lot, you would get out and the place would chant your name. Like it was like a family. Like it was like right. you'd go there just because you knew that's where all your friends were going to be. There'd be a hundred, hundred people just hanging out waiting for a, a band to come through. I mean, sometimes there'd be 400 people, but everybody kind of knew each other because like you said, we'd stand outside and talk. We'd talk inside. We'd, we'd say, Hey, we'll see you next weekend. And you didn't want to miss a show because you were afraid if you missed the flyer, you wouldn't want to know, know when the next band was coming through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was fun. It was fun. And uh, I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with the way people do it now, but just the way that we're no, exposed no, to the way that we're exposed to each other more, all the time though, kind of takes the specialness out of it. I think it takes true friendships out of it sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, even though it's, it's a little bit of a disconnect to me, like I, I would feel closer to you when I don't see it as often sometimes mm-hmm. than these new, newer people that I see a little more often now, because it's always through a, a text or a, you know, a Facebook message. It's not through actually speaking with them in the, you know, parking lot for four hours. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, what, so I guess when you started the band, you had a pretty damn good grasp on e- hardcore and your expectations that you could have for strength for reason. But I think you've taken it pretty far. Uh, Europe a couple times, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Europe at least five times, maybe six. I can't remember, but, and I mean, every time has been, you know, fun and good. And I remember the first time that we were asked to go, I just, you know, it was a uh, burial records. It was, um, what the guy that released our, uh, uh, Oh my God. Um, uh, what faith and loyalty. Faith loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he released it over there in England. And, uh, he said, yeah, I'm going to bring you over to, to Europe. And I'm just like, Oh man. So you're going to play Ninja Fest. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be great. Like, you know, I mean, you're thinking I'm going, you know, 20 some year old kid, you know, I say kid, but you feel like you're young when you're 20, yeah. three years old, you know? And I said, I'm going to Europe and I'm going to Europe with a band. And I remember hundred <laughs> demons and stuff playing. Everybody gets hurt. I remember them saying we were headlining, you know what I mean? And I'm just like headlining. <laughs> we're, we're from Manny Coke, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I just remember playing and it was cool as hell, you know, May and Troy and them, they put on a great show. Good festival was at a uh, underground underworld in you know, England famous club it was just like you know that their cbgb's you know it was priceless memories like i said it feels like it was two years ago when it was 20 you know <laughs> yeah 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 man there's there's that had to be um well it's what well, it was what i was going to get to is that it seems that europe or at least england seems to enjoy strength for reason what was your how did you feel you guys went over when you were there uh, we always do really good in England because, you know, we have the knuckle dust guys and we became yeah. friends with everybody. And uh, England had a little bit of a tougher scene, a little bit, you know, more straight up hardcore, you know. Um, but Belgium always showed us a lot of love. Like we always had love in Belgium, you know, Germany filled with hate records. We had a record on filled with hate records. So everywhere you go over there, it's, they're so appreciative. You know, sometimes people take a uh, European people, like at first they don't dance as much. They're more, a little more singing along, but when you go to like England, it was more dancing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other parts of the thing, but then Germany really caught on Germany and Belgium. And then they started, it was crazy. Every time you'd play, you'd be like, wow, this is, this is crazy. But 
I mean, then, then, then you get into the festivals. I mean, they have bigger music festivals than people could dream of in America. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it's just crazy the level that they have as far as like a big fest. Like you'll go and there'll be a hundred thousand people out of, you know, 200,000 people out of, you know, and it's just, they just do, they, they just, they just seem to love music, you know? What does that look like when you play, when you play at the stage on those fests, are you playing to like, what, like how, what happens with the crowd then? Like, is there just like an offshoot, a side stage? Like what, what does it look like from your vantage point? Uh, it matters what, what like pressure fest and stuff. You play the main stage. Like we played the main stage, like right before agnostic front. So of course it's, you know, really good. I mean, as we got a little older, you know, the band got a little more of a reputation, like I said, the first, the first time we went to Europe, we actually headlined Ninja Fest. That was our first time there. Like I didn't, like, you know, like I was just like, oh, this is going to be, you know, but they knew the words. I mean, it, 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 they, they do their job. They, 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 you know, they pass out the records, they, they distro, they, they do everything the right way. Like when they bring you over, they're making sure that they're bringing you over to show you a good time, you know? Yeah. Uh, many years after the one you're talking about there, they were going to bring over, my band pleasant living for the one year it was going to be a lot of us that were going over. It's going to be us stout lifeless. Maybe you guys, I don't remember. Uh, animal house was going to do it. And, and almost nobody ended up going. I think one life crew went instead with Ziggy and some others, maybe Chris filling in. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they were, they were going to take care of everything. I remember, I just remember the discussions, you know, and I was being, I was impressed by yeah. what they were willing to do just for that one show. It was literally for a weekend. So yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking they about. They literally, they really, like I said, but, and, and they become your friends. I mean, they're just, they're just good overall people. You know what I mean? It's like, and then I met the guys in no turning back and like, they became like our brothers. Like, and then you see how good some of these bands are from Europe mm-hmm. and you're just like, how did I not hear this before? But it seemed like our, they would travel. The music would travel so much better to them than it would come back to us. I would come home and I'd say, there's so many great bands. Why isn't anybody like, you know, paying attention as much, you know, but sometimes it's the, the American way. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. Our little ignorance uh, in our own little bubble. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yep. Well, I, I, I've always enjoyed hearing about European bands through other bands, through American bands that I've gone there. I was just in my, in my garage the other day and I found a cassette from a band. I think they're from Belgium called the ice that I know that I know steel nation gave me. They just, you know, came over and were like, here, check this out. And it's, it's this awesome uh, EP on a cassette that I've never heard it anywhere else. And it's not that old. I mean, it's two thousands era steel nation time. Yeah. So maybe, maybe late two thousands. So that's, I guess that's pretty old now, but <laughs> But it was just like a cool yeah. thing. I've never heard it. I've never heard anywhere else, you know. That's another band, Steel Nation. Just just real people, great music, great musicians. Like they feel like they're my family. You know, it's it's yeah. like it's just crazy how like how many people I, I, I could honestly truly say that I love. You know what I mean? Like I, I I wouldn't trust people that I went to high school with in my house when I'm here. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's people from, from other places, other countries that I've let sleep in my house without me home. Here, I'm going to work, dude. Just have at it. You come home, right. your house is cleaner than when you left it. Like it was just always a respect thing, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, go, going back to uh, what you mentioned before, when when you guys stayed at my 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 mom's house, uh, that was it was you guys. It was a couple members of Wisdom. I remember Shannon was there. I don't maybe maybe Big Show, maybe yeah. Tony. I don't remember. Um, but and then you had two guys from Europe too. Europe, Bert, Bert and Jay. Yep. Yeah, Bert and Jay. yeah. And uh, I think Derek Ricci was there as well. But it was a lot of people, yep. right? It was it was a yeah. Lot there of was a lot. We were in the basement. I remember it was yeah. It was. It was a great day. That was a good fun night. I was one one to remember. <laughs> At the end of it, I remember my mom being like, "Wow, they were it was <laughs> it was very pleasant, very nice. Everything was folded when you guys left, you know that type of shit." Yep, and that's what I said. But that's even like we've gone to Europe before and stayed with uh. Well, as you got older, of course, everybody has their own houses, but we yeah. stayed at like people's families' homes, and we slept there. They've they've made you know made us breakfast, dinner at night. I mean, you know, we're playing a show the next day, and I remember having my uh, nanny coach straight edge jacket, and somebody ripped the pocket while I was singing. I woke mm-hmm. up the next morning, and we were in uh, Belgium, and the, the kid's mother sewed my jacket. Like it was just, just a different level of kindness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, speaking of, um, maybe it's Belgium. I don't know. Death farm records. Where are they based out of? Um, I believe, yeah, I think it's either, I think it is Belgium. It's Belgium. It's Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked it up. It is Belgium. I was right. Um, they just recently really re-released your demo tape. Yeah. The demo. Yeah. Which is very cool. But and well, I'll ask you about that re-release here in a second, but I, I wanted to ask you first, um, maybe what you remember or any fond memories from when you recorded those demo songs. Um, yeah, we actually went to a uh, mountainside studios in, um, in Mount Pocono. And it was the first time we ever recorded anything. And it was just, you know, we knew that, that, uh, crutch recorded there at the time. So they gave us the hookup. And it was our first time in the studio and probably the only one that had any experience at the time was Joe on the drums. Mm-hmm. It was all new to us. And it was just, it was just exciting, you know, and it's, you know, you look back at the demo. I mean, it wasn't the best, of course. It was the first thing we ever put out, but it's, it's, it's timeless. I mean, it's 1997, you know what I mean? And people still wanted to listen to it. I think it's more of a nostalgia thing now to put it out, but yeah. That's far back. They did a great job with it, though. I mean, they did. You know, they they made it look professional. I mean, great people, great label. You know what I mean? The guys do it for from the kindness of their hearts, and they put in the work. Like I said, they they sold it out, no problem. You know, I even asked them when when they were put on. I'm like, are you sure people will want it on the, you know, the demo again? He's like, no, I had no problems. They actually had to make a a second pressing of it. You know, the <laughs> tape and the shirts because people wanted it. I'm like. That's awesome, man. Thank you. It's good that, you know, cause you don't know how much people like you as you get older. You don't yeah. know the, you know, how much the young kids grasp onto you. A lot of them pay attention, but I mean, there's some, there's still some disconnect. I'm, I'm 46 years old now. You know what I mean? It's hard to connect sometimes with an 18, 19 year old kid, but a lot of them still give us respect and they'll come out and, you know, and I still enjoy watching bands. I like watching new bands. And I think they see that how much I appreciate them and they appreciate us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That goes, it goes a long way, you know, but it always has. And it's, it's like you, it's like you mentioning 
rabies and his interaction with you guys, it's the same thing. It's your interaction with them, even if it's just watching or being kind enough to give the grant them your time and your eyes and your attention. Like people see that people recognize that. Yeah. That's, they always have that saying real recognizes real. If I could see a band and I see they're putting in work, I see they they seem like good young men, you know, that are just doing it for the right reasons. I mean, I'll give them all, all the time they need. You know what I'm saying? You know, I just, like I said, to me, we're, our band's nothing special. It's just a bunch of friends playing music that, you know, took off a little bit that we put the work in. And, you know, I just can't, I, my, my favorite thing is when people sing along. I can just remember writing the lyrics and just having people sing lyrics that I wrote when I was, you know, sometimes at my best, sometimes at my worst, you know what I mean? And, it, and they still sing them to this day. It means yeah. the world. Yeah. If, if there's a, if there's a song or a lyric or a specific moment or track, whatever from strength for reason that you, that you would want somebody to hold on to, to absorb, is there, I guess is the question. Is there a, a track, a thing you've written down, a, maybe a sentiment that you have a message that you would want people to take from the music? Um, I always say brotherhood. I mean, I know it sounds cliche cause we play it a lot fast or like, uh, just, just, to, you know, stand by my side. You know what I mean? Just as a newer song, but you know, like, but brotherhood, like I always say brotherhood, sisterhood, cause brotherhood was written at a time that my friends, you know, my wife now, but she was my friend first, most important people to me. Like, you know, when I say at the beginning of the brotherhood, you know, now it's time to see your loyalty to me, you know? Mm-hmm. They have, they're loyal to me and I'm forever loyal to them. You know, I'll always stand by their side. I'll always be there for them when they need it. I don't just say it. Actions speak louder than words. But I mean, the song that always is going to mean most to me is uh, I lost my, uh, the blood faith royalty. I lost my uh, father and my brother. Mm-hmm. So I was just in a dark, dark, dark place. And it was the only thing. And I, I always say that record, I don't think is recorded as good as the other ones but there's always something that in that record, like when, when I l- listen to the lyrics, I can remember like the pain and the hurt and writing the lyrics to that. And it was the only thing that kept me going at the time. You know what I mean? Thank God I have a my wife and my mom, but it was just, you know what I mean? It's just something that just meant a lot to me. I could get choked up now talking about it. Just, it's something that kept me moving forward. It kept me positive because I knew that I had the band and I knew that I had hardcore and I knew that I had the people that I surrounded myself with, they, they, you know, bring me up when I needed them. Yeah. Well, it's a, that's a, that's a beautiful thing to point out. And I, I distinctly remember, uh, around that record, blood, faith, loyalty. And yeah, I mean, that was, I feel like I probably saw you at the most at that time. And you would always mention losing your dad and your brother before or after playing the song on stage. And I just always was like in awe of first your, your vulnerability and honesty that you were having with people, even if it was just like saying this goes out to them. Cause to, to, to me, to imagine what you must've been going through, you're a relatively young man at that age, you know, and to, oh, yeah. to, to just get up there and talk about it and, you know, share that with, with us was, I just thought a very cool thing for you to do. And, and you'd be surprised how many people would come up to you and, and be like, and I'm not trying to get like, and say, yo, you helped me out so much with them lyrics, or I lost my father, or I lost, yeah. you know, I lost my brother, or I lost somebody, and 
it, it just meant so much to me that it kept me going. You know what I mean? Or I had, I had, I had thoughts of suicide or I had thoughts of just, you know, I was just in a bad place. Mm-hmm. But I said, that's why I'd always made me mad because I always wanted to bring positivity to it. But I wanted to show like, there's nothing wrong with showing emotion either. Like there's nothing wrong with being a little bit vulnerable. Everybody, everybody feels like shit sometimes. You know what I mean? Everybody, you know, feels like it's the end of the road, but mm-hmm. hopefully there's a, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? And we're, and we're all together. So far so good, I guess, you know, we're, <laughs> you guys are still going. Yeah. I'm uh, hoping. I'm yeah, hoping. <laughs> Dude, I, th- I think it's great. Well, um, tell me about, you just played that show that's the uh, Fury of Five record release. So what, yep. what act, and you mentioned though, that like strength for reason is kind of, it's, you're never breaking up, but you're never having a reunion, you know, like these types of things. I'm not, I'm, I'm putting never in your mouth. You didn't say that, but uh, yeah. so what is there to expect from strength for reason going forward? Believe it or not, we have like two songs. We, 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 it's a joke within the band because now we practice when we have shows. Yeah. But we actually have like two or three songs that we're going to like think about putting out. You That's what, what I, mean? I like to hear. And it was, and it's just like, it always boils down to, do we have the time to get this together? You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. everybody's so busy all the time that it seems like every time we get to do anything, it's mostly practice to play a show or get familiar with old songs or this or that. I always, I always say this and I hate, I hate to say it this way because I hope, because I love when people put out new music, but I always say we have over 60 songs and in a set we might play 10. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I would rather bring like the last show we've now, now what we're doing is we're bringing two songs that we don't play anymore back at all the shows. Like we're revisiting them, you know? Yeah. You know, we're, we're revisiting songs that we haven't played in maybe 15 years. You know what I mean? And we're having fun with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I That's said cool. before we're done, we are definitely going to release one more something. You know, I don't know if it'll be an EP. It'll be four songs, five songs, three songs. We have a couple offers out there. Just because I'd like to put something else out just to say, like, here we are. We, we have, you know, a couple new songs. But it is tough sometimes. Like, you know, when you see bands, and I hate to say it this way, when you see older bands, what do you want to hear? You want to hear old songs. You want to yeah, hear for the sure. songs that you know. You know what for I mean? Sure. Sometimes it's tough to tough to stick in one or two new ones in there. You know what I mean? But I mean, bands are killing it now. So I'm not. But but they're putting out live music when they're young and they're they're you know, like I, mean, I know Death Before Honor just put out. I mean, bands are still putting out great shit, but it's not as not as often. You know what I mean? Yeah, but hey. Not often, speaking of not often, the last thing you released through Cold Eyes was 10 years ago. So I'd say you're at not often. I say you've hit the not yeah. often threshold now. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, think exactly. it's, <laughs> I think it's fair to let out a song or two. Um, but also you mentioned the uh, that you wish to were like recording on Blood, Faith, Loyalty, or maybe some of the early mater- earlier material in general would be better. Has, is there any thoughts or ideas about reissuing past releases um just no just because we don't have the time like i know i like show and prove recording was better even though we did it at the same place but yeah i agree just, yeah. Is a little bit just a little bit low but mm-hmm. like you know i think the last album that we did uh you know through cold eyes was definitely our best recording you mm-hmm. know what i mean as far as because we did it with len you know and and i mean he knows the sound like now we know people Back then we were doing it at Mountainside and stuff. 
and the places we were doing it really weren't like the only bands that they really recorded was like Wisdom and Chains and Crutch. Yeah. And they didn't have the exact same sound as we did. They they had more of a like, you know, punk mix. So and and they had a lot more time. Mm-hmm. They put a lot of time in the studio. So for us when we would go in, we recorded Show and Prove and, and Blood Faith Loyalty live. Mm-hmm. We went in there, we all played together and we sang it live, we played it live, and we just that's what we got. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's what you're good at. So that's I'm not surprised that it still came out awesome. I love those records, man. I really do. Those like when I think about how like how I was I listened to like you know the whole discography over over the last couple of days. I just actually was out for a run earlier and and I had on Burden of Hope and then I went through through Cold Eyes and the day before at the gym I had on uh, Show and Prove and and uh, Blood Faith Loyalty and uh, like just thinking how I know these songs like you know like back of the hand stuff like it doesn't matter how long it's been since I listened to them. I like they're embedded in my, in my brain. You know, I, I always <laughs> say like, so if, much, if, if you had, if you had to like say the bands that I've seen the most in my life, it's easily, uh, it's easily you guys strength for reason stout and wisdom and chains. And, uh, all three of you guys. Three great ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's all like, you know, all great people, all, the, all great people, all great exactly. songs. Yeah. 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 That's, and that's what it's about. Like I said, it was always about the friendship. Like I, we're talking here. I feel like I've talked to you last week. You know what I mean? And we haven't seen each other for a while. It's just, dude, it's, pr- it's probably be been, there'll always be a friendship. I can't imagine how long it's been since we saw each other. It's uh, yeah. at least five too, years. Too I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while, but, uh, but I'm, I'm super happy. We were able to have this conversation and catch up here and, let's, and, and to, to learn a little bit about you too. I mean, I, I know a lot of things about you, but to hear just from your perspective and your thoughts on things is, is, is really nice. And I think other people will enjoy hearing it as well. No. And like I said, I appreciate you doing it. You know what I mean? It's, I appreciate even thinking to still do it. You know what I'm saying? After all these years, just to, you know, I always said it's all, it, to me, it was always about a message. Like I said, mm-hmm. if anything for me, I'll talk too much, you know, because, to me, that's what it's about. It's about a message and having, ha- having, having friendships.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Carl from Strength for a Reason. The song you just heard was Stand By My Side. That comes off of their Burden of Hope album and features guest vocals from Dan from Cold World, Joe from Wisdom and Chains, Martin from No Turning Back, and I forget who else. Somebody else. Dave? Somebody? Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Haven't had that one in front of me in a while, but I do love listening to it. I'm a streamer. You got me. Oh, well, I don't have anywhere to play these CDs. Literally nowhere. No CD drive in anything I own anymore. So whatever. Still got all the, the inventory. Don't worry. Stacks and stacks. Thousands of CDs around here. You can't have them either. I'm going to keep them for something. Uh, they'll be my children's burden one day. Uh, until then. Uh, again, thanks to Carl for the conversation for the friendship, for his time, for your time, for listening to us have our chat and for loving it enough to come back each and every week, as I'm sure you do. Maybe you even visit gettingitout.net like a good, a good, good, good person would. Maybe not. Um, if you came here for basketball talk this week, <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you. Uh, I look, I know nobody comes here for basketball talk. I still love my basketball talk and you might be out of the woods now it might be over for the year we'll see whatever we can still talk about hardcore and heavy metal and punk rock and rock and roll and all the things that i like here on getting it out podcast and there's a lot of it to come i've got a bunch of interviews lined up just for this week alone and the episodes are going to trickle out i say trickle out because there's some more important stuff happening right now for me, my family, my life. And uh, I'll get to these episodes when I can. I'm going to try to keep the interviews rolling. But as far as the uh, as far as rolling them out to you, it might be a little bit slower. So I was doing on average and don't worry, I've definitely averaged this out of my own 8.4 episodes per month. And I think that's going to slow down significantly. Like I said, the interviews aren't going to stop coming into me, but they'll stop going out to you as quickly, maybe, I don't know. We'll see as, as workload allows, I'll say it's just more, some more important things to deal with. Um, so there's that, but I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. Uh, if you, if you find it's been a big gap since you heard one, go back, listen to an old episode. I got, uh, some old guests coming back actually. Uh, um, Trevor Phipps from Unearth will be making a new appearance or he's been on before. I don't think anybody else, maybe there's nobody else that's been on before it's coming back. But this week, um, today I'll be talking to Paris. Uh, of course, you know, from Chromags, he has his new project agros. We're talking about that. Um, I got some fellows from Doser, which is a great Baltimore indie rock, alternative rock, whatever you want to call them, rock and roll band. Uh, what, what else is happening? Um, Jad Schickler from Magnetic Eye Records. They'll be the label spotlight of this month and uh, plenty more. Lots more to come anyway. But thank you for listening. I'm going to end this one with a track because I always do. This one's going to come from Cincinnati and it is by Suffocate Faster, which is a band name I hadn't heard in a while, but I do remember for sure. And they just popped up on my radar again. It looks like they're putting out some new tracks. Uh, this one is called Strength and it's off of a two song EP they just released or at least released to the media so i want you to check it out it's coming out on smart punk records this is strength by suffocate faster thank you for listening bye-bye
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.